Welcome to the Voices of STEM podcast, a podcast highlighting the stories of marginalized students on their journey to become STEM professionals. Each week, you'll get a deeper look into the lives of a current STEM student told through their successes, challenges, and complexities. And I'm your host, Dr. Stacey Dutton. Welcome back, y'all, to a new season of the Voices of STEM podcast. So this season, we decided to break the mold a little bit and zero in on the concept of climate change. And I know many of you have heard about climate change, whether it's been from a scientific perspective or from a more social perspective, as it has been a common buzzword that is in our media. However, many people still are not clear on what it means or what it entails for our daily lives. And so to discuss this a bit further, I decided to have some students tell stories about their climate. And in that, these students will discuss their local environments, talking about some of the sustainability issues or sustainability initiatives that are being done to remediate some of the issues of climate change. And in addition, discuss some issues of environmental injustice that may have taken place. And so with that, let's get into this week's voices. Hello, I am a first year college student planning on studying marine biology and ecology. My family in general has an interest in the natural world and I think that inspired a lot of what I plan to do in the future. My grandfather worked in the forestry service his entire career and my father is a biology, chemistry, and environmental science teacher. Growing up, the importance of taking care of our planet was at the center of our familial values. Although I didn't grow up on the water, it's where I feel most comfortable, and that led me to, at a young age, wanting to study sharks. The shark population as a whole has been decreasing over the years at an unfortunate rate. There are a number of causes for this, dangerous fishing practices, intentional harvesting of shark fins, boating hazards, and habitat destruction. Additionally, climate change has an indirect but very real impact on sharks and all members of marine ecosystems. Because of rising levels of CO2 in the atmosphere and in turn dissolved in the oceans, there's a dangerous disturbance in the balance of these marine communities. One of the most striking of these changes is the rapid decrease in coral abundance globally. The destruction of reefs really highlights the connectivity and fragility of marine environments. Because the coral has been wiped out, so have rich metropolitan areas, so to speak, of underwater cities. Reefs provide a home for some, breeding grounds for others, and an abundance of food. So going back to sharks and the challenges they're facing, Climate change affects these apex predators just as much as it does the reefs themselves. In fact, there are a few species of sharks with reef in their name, like the white-tipped reef shark, indicating just how vital the coral is to these creatures. Again, I want to reiterate that I didn't come from a marine community. The town where I grew up is actually completely landlocked. However, I feel a deep connection to the oceans, and I would argue that they impact everybody equally, no matter where they're geographically located. I mentioned concern about the effects of climate change and oceans that ocean acidification is having on coral. 
Uh, fortunately, there are actions being taken to reverse this damage. Some communities are planting what are essentially underwater gardens, which I think is pretty cool. Um, they use these little tree-like structures to attach small coral polyps and allow them to grow. What's really interesting is that the maintenance of these quote-unquote gardens is largely done by volunteers. I kind of see that as a hopeful bit of humanity and it makes me smile. I would love to be one of those volunteers and I've actually applied for a couple of programs to learn more about this sort of restoration. Again, I know I don't live in a coastal area, so I suppose I should talk a little bit about the sorts of things that I see in the area where I do live and what sort of things are happening around the Atlanta area. I've really noticed a surge in the awareness of climate issues over the past few years, which I find really encouraging. Um, the other day I drove past a Tesla car dealership and I think they're doing a really good job around here. Like I see them everywhere. Um, and in my mind, electric cars are kind of something for the wealthy and the rest of us are just guiltily motoring around town. But lately, I think that's changed at least to a degree. It's become more mainstream to drive an electric car. And I've certainly seen just kind of your average Joes driving around in what used to be an unattainable vehicle. I think sometimes it can be difficult to practice some of the things we preach as concerned citizens simply because money stands in the way. Somewhat unrelated to climate, but still heartening to see, are local businesses changing little things like using compostable takeaway containers or ones made from recycled materials instead of the evil styrofoam. All that to say, I think things are looking up in our community. And I hope this trend continues as climate change and environmental concerns are probably the most pressing issues of our time. I am a black bisexual female. This is a big part of my identity because I feel the need to work harder and more efficiently. Many people may believe I am incapable or incompetent if I don't understand different topics. My unwillingness to speak of already makes me appear incompetent, however, it's just the way I was raised. A lot of people will perceive my quietness as my incapability, however, I'm just trying to understand different people's opinions so I know what to say and what not to say around others. These parts of my identity make me more aware of how I act in different settings in order to blend, blend in with the crowd. I'm not a very religious person, however, making me an outsider of my family. Not saying I don't believe in something, I just don't believe in their religion. Several years ago, the lakes of Eufaula, Alabama were overwhelmed with toxic blue algae. This was caused by the rapid increase in temperatures and the production of the phosphorus and nitrogen in the, uh, due to climate change. The residents in the area were advised to avoid the water until the situation was resolved as contact with the algae could be fatal. Being exposed to the blooms could cause nausea and vomiting, skin, eye, and throat irritation, and allergic reactions or breathing difficulties. If touched, the blue algae could cause rash, hives, and skin blisters. If inhaled, it could cause asthma-like symptoms, allergic reaction, sore throat, runny nose, or runny eyes. And if ingested, it could cause gastroenteritis. 
There were many ways of eliminating the growth of toxic blue algae in, in the communities. This was achieved by reducing fertilizer usage near the shores and eliminating waste water charge, the discharge. Reducing the amount of phosphorus and nitrogen that ran into the lakes is another better way to prevent the fast production of the blue algae. And in Eufaula's case, this was the best way to do it because that was the quickest and easiest method. In 2008, a toxic substance spilled into Emory River Channel in Tennessee. Billions of coal ash spilled into the river, caused, um, covering three acres of land. Workers were sent to clean the river, being exposed to arsenic, mercury, and lead. Being exposed to high levels of these substances for long periods of time caused many of the workers to suffer from brain and or lung cancer and leukemia. In 2010, however, the Alabama Department of Environmental Management, or the ADEM, authorized transfer of the coal ash to Arrowhead Landfill in Uniontown, Alabama. The residents objected, but were ignored. The coal contaminated the soil in the land, making it difficult to near impossible to grow crops. However, the residents of Uniontown also faced open water sewage um, pollution in the soil. I'm not certain what was done to protect the residents of, this, of the community or if this is still an ongoing issue. Make sure to follow us on social media at Voices of STEM on IG and Twitter. See you next week.